This is Under Understood. Hey, everybody. Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy. Hello. So we've been getting a lot of mail lately and just messages in general from people. So we have a bunch of stories based on messages we've received from people that I, I think maybe don't qualify for a full blown out episode, but that we want to help with regardless. A lot of podcasts do like mailbag segments. Do we have a funny, a funner name for mailbag? Side quests. Side quests is good. Side quests. Okay. So this is the first under understood side quests. So, Adrian, what do you have? You have something for us, right? I do. We got an email from a listener named Maddie with an I. And Maddie with an I sent us an email with the subject line, quote, tampons in the freezer. Oh, my God. This one was painful. This question obviously grabbed my attention. First of all, uh, I had a um, negative reaction to (laughs) the idea of a frozen tampon. I think that would be uncomfortable for me personally, although other people, some people may enjoy it. That's fine. But the question turned out to be Googleable. It wasn't easily Googleable. It took some heavy Googling. <laughs> the email included a link to this thread from the subreddit Shitty GIF Recipes. And the description of this subreddit is, quote, whether it's the quality of the GIF or the inedible food contained within, this is the home of shitty GIF recipes. What is the point of the subreddit? Yeah, so I think GIF recipes are usually like those sort of like short, quick, oh. hacky food hack things that Like loop. tasty style. Got it. It's yes. not like an And this GIF. is like, well, yeah, I think oftentimes they are a GIF, but not always. I just dropped the link to this Reddit thread in Slack. And I will play the video. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure that the cracks are covered. Awesome. That's it. That's, That's cinnamon it. toast crunch. Okay. Right. Someone want to describe what's happening? Someone has filled a casserole dish with like cinnamon toast crunch and kind of patted it down. Now they're adding uh, canned peaches on top of them. And then they have two full sticks of butter. You can use white if you want, but I. Now she's adding cake mix on top. Yeah, vanilla cake mix. Dry cake mix. Like there's, she hasn't mixed a cake. Yeah, make sure you get in all the cracks. I'm really struggling to find what the connection is going to be here. This this is unhinged what she's making Now here. she's just putting like little slices of butter on top of the dried cake mix, which is on top of the sliced peaches, which is on top of the cinnamon toast crunch. She's essentially ensuring that the entire surface of it is covered with slices of butter. And now she's putting the whole thing in the oven. It's perfect. Get the ice cream. Get the ice cream. Get the ice cream. What? And oh. it's right next to tampons. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, so they went they went uh. to the freezer to get the ice cream because apparently <laughs> apparently an important part of this recipe is you gotta quickly put ice cream on it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> in the rush to get the ice cream out of the freezer, uh, you quickly see a box of tampons in the freezer. Yeah. Along with the ice cream. <laughs> Wait, can I see what the end result is? I can't. Why, how, how could you stop it? <laughs> yeah, and sorry, we should clarify. The tampons are not part of this recipe, or it doesn't appear to be that way. They were just in there, I think is the point that you're going to get to here, right? Yeah. Wow. And this is basically peach cobbler. Peach cobbler. Oh, my gosh. 
Oh, so the this is supposed to, this is supposed to be like rapid bake peach cobbler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to try this, I'll be honest. <laughs> okay. All right, so the title of that thread on Reddit was When You See It. Yep. Huh. Which is a common <laughs> construction for link posts on Reddit. <laughs> implying that there's an Easter egg or something to watch for in the video. That the point of this link being posted is not the main content of the video, but something that you have to look for. And when you see it, you'll have a reaction. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was the fact that there are tampons in the freezer. So a lot of the comments are people being like, whoa, tampons in the freezer. Why are there tampons in the freezer? There are lots of theories about why there are tampons in the freezer. Do any of you have theories about why there might be tampons in the freezer? I mean, one is just like that it's a box that contains something else. Like, you know, you use the box to like put other things that you want to have in the freezer. It was just like the Mm -hmm. right sized box, you know? I think it's feasible that it could be some kind of personal preference thing, right? Am I off base with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like some people like freezing cold pillows to lay their head on at night and might put their pillowcase in the freezer. Uh, and perhaps this is a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's feasible. Is there anything in a tampon that expires? Uh, n- no, I mean, tampons are, they're essentially cotton. Like there's a whole controversy yeah. because like some companies like put other stuff in them and it's not all cotton, but like lately the trend is like 100% cotton tampons. Is any of the non-cotton stuff volatile? no. It's also completely dry. Yeah. As soon as it gets wet, it expands. So. What if, uh, just throwing an idea out here, mm-hmm. what if there's no more room under the sink mm-hmm. in the bathroom mm-hmm. and the freezer was some available storage space? Totally could be. I mean, it's just a little less convenient. Like, you're less likely to be, like, you know, peeing and need to change your tampon and then be in the kitchen um, than you are to be in the bathroom. I would maybe move something else to the freezer instead. (laughs) So all of this is, like, really galaxy brain. I was able to find some people, very just, like, smatterings of people saying that this um, could be a some kind of treatment, like a remedy for soreness, either when you're on your period or post-pregnancy. I also saw that a a theory that tampons could grow mold and that if they're sitting around for too long, you could stick them in the freezer to preserve them longer. Neither of these really had much... I don't think they were very authoritative. I think maybe there are some, maybe there's some people out there who do this as a treatment for soreness. The mold theory is that seems like it's got to be a really, really tiny group if it exists at all. The mold, the risk of growing mold is just not that great, and also you just don't keep tampons around for like ten years, so it doesn't really seem like an issue. So yeah, like standard ones would be like individually wrapped, right? Like where would the mold be coming from? You think they'd be? Right. They're also just very dry again. So with without moisture, all of these issues are not really mm-hmm. not really a huge issue. So I'm pretty sure the answer is not those things. And I went through and watched a lot of videos from this person. Actually, it's a duo. So the the person who makes this video is named Janelle Flom. She is the sister of Justin Flom, who is another influencer who does magic and was on Wizard Wars. Apparently, there was a TV show about magic, and he's on the Ellen DeGeneres show a lot. Anyway, this is his sister. 
And it was his Facebook post that uh, I was able to find first. So that was a one that helped it go viral for sure. Here's another one of her videos. This is from a series called Food Fun. And it's pretty much all stuff like this, somewhere between like DIY, life hacky, shitty recipe gif, and sort of like 1950s galaxy brain prepared food fancy work. So this one is titled Best Salty and Sweet Treat. This is really hard to spread once it's on because you don't want to mess up the potato chips. But it's easy. Oh my gosh, it's so easy. And that will cook on the bottom. Okay, so these are like Ruffles chips yeah. with like brownie mix or something on top. All right, oh, do, well, do you want me to get the other topping? Yeah, I need chocolate chips. Yeah, brownie mix. There's also a wig strategically placed I feel like on the counter. Is this a common thing she does? Okay. I see. So she just does like a clickbaity thing. Like, I mean, I thought of that when you said like the thread was called wait for it. I was like, oh, that just feels like a, that's a thing people would lean into as like a, or when you see it. Okay. Here's another one. So this one they're, they're doing us like a dollar cheeseburgers from McDonald's in a waffle maker. Seems like it's supposed to be fast food, not slow food. Mm-hmm. One more fry. <laughs> Here, I'll get a plate. I'll get a plate. Thank you. Okay, she's oh, going to get a plate. Uh, there's a jar full of credit cards. Okay. The credit cards are like in rice or something. Yep. This is so dumb. <laughs> That's not even a good one. I also don't get the wig. Like, what? who cares? They have a wig? <laughs> I think it's just like if you see it taken out of context, then you watch more, you know? I know, but it's like tampons in the freezer is peculiar enough where I get it. I don't get a wig on the counter. Like, who cares? It's not like there's like a like a loaded gun on the counter or something. Right, but like people would just comment and be like, why is there a wig? And then you get engagement. Exactly. So if you look at the comments on both of those videos, tons of people are pointing out the wig and being like, why is there a wig on the counter? Why are there credit cards in the cabinet? And it just seems to be a little extra kick for like your bit. Thing. Just a little trick. I don't know if it's her thing because I think she is part of a content economy that borrows a lot of these clickbaity hacks from each other. It's like you find one thing that works, you do it to death, everyone else does it to death until the audience stops reacting to it, and then you move on to another hack yeah. that will boost engagement until the audience becomes numb to that. I'm just saying I don't get the wig one. <laughs> wigs are normal. People wear wigs. Okay, Billy, but it's Wait on the a, counter. Yeah, it's just a hack, and uh, <laughs> sometimes people do bad hacks. Right. Remember the yeah, hellscape right. trope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to her audience, it's like, we've never seen you in pink hair. What's the pink hair for? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's as good as the tampons, but I think it was the same idea, and people did react to it, if you look in the comments. So that one didn't go as viral, I would assume. That one did not go as viral. <laughs> anyway, all of this is just to say that... The tampons in the freezer, I'm fairly confident, were put there in order to stoke engagement. There was another time that this same person went viral for another clearly fake thing. It's like, I'm looking at a Yahoo article that's like, viewers are divided over a viral TikTok that showed a woman getting revenge on the person sitting in front of her. 
on a plane who kept flipping her hair back and blocking the TV on the back of the seat. Oh, I saw that. (laughs) Janelle Elise Flom uploaded the video to her account after supposedly filming it on a flight at the end of November. It has since racked up over 10 million views. The woman sitting in front of her is seen mashing a wad of chewed up gum into another passenger's hair, infuriated that the person doesn't seem to notice, doesn't move their hair. She proceeds to cut parts of the hair off with nail clippers, (laughs) sticks a lollipop in there, and then dumps the ends into her coffee cup. Whose side are you on? Flom captioned the video. (laughs) Okay. Uh, No one's. So you get the idea. Um, It is a viral video collective. They are very good at making videos go viral. This is one of their cheap tricks. Don't put your tampons in the freezer. After the break, the search for a missing iCarly song. Hey everyone, it's Adrian. Last week, I fell into a real rabbit hole on our bonus show, Over Understood. We talked about bunnies, we talked about batteries, And I dug through some fun lawsuits. I don't want to spoil it, but two multi-billion dollar companies signed a secret deal two decades ago, and now one of them is claiming to have lost all copies. Speaking of over-understood, we've done 21 episodes. We do that show every week, even when the main show here is on hiatus. If you subscribe to our Patreon, it's $5 a month, and you'll get access to over-understood you will also get access to our Discord. If you haven't used Discord before, it's just basically a chat room. We're in there, listeners are in there. We chit-chat, we kvetch. Also, Under Understood will be participating remotely in the legendary Stevens Point trivia in April. And we need as large and powerful a team as possible. So if you join our Patreon, you can also join the trivia team. As always, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you. Regina, you have a story from a listener as well, right? I do, yes. I have an email from uh, someone named Adam. And the email says, Hello, I just came across your show today and I have a long-standing internet mystery I'd love to have solved. A little over a year ago, some friends and I were hanging out with some music on when Beautiful Girls by Sean Kingston started playing. Uh My friend Haley asked if any of us remembered when Miranda Cosgrove covered the song during her years on the Disney Channel. None of us had, and we started joking with her that she had made it up. Haley was insistent, however, swearing that she remembers it clear as day. If she had no reason to think this, we probably would have dropped this altogether and not thought about it at all since. But her dedication makes me think that maybe there is some long-forgotten cover out there. We tried a few routes, like asking a Miranda Cosgrove fan subreddit, and have received absolutely no response one way or the other. Google searches are fruitless, and Miranda herself is notably inactive slash absent on social media. Can you help us settle this debate once and for all? Thanks in advance. Adam. So uh, first, do you all remember the song Beautiful Girls by Sean Kingston? Yes, of course. No. I don't think so. Okay, I'm going to play a little bit of it for you. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, you remember it now, right? Adrian. Mm-hmm. It came out in 2007. It peaked at number 17 on the Hot 100. Uh, at the time, Sean Kingston was a teenager. He was 17. Should I explain Miranda Cosgrove? Or- uh, you can make fun of me for this. I don't know who Miranda Cosgrove is. Okay. So Miranda Cosgrove is an actress slash singer. Like, I think the first big thing she was in was School of Rock. Oh. But then she was on two Nickelodeon shows. She was on Drake and Josh. And then she was Carly in iCarly. I feel less bad about not knowing who this is now. (laughs) iCarly was huge. Not with me. <laughs> no, 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 I know. Yeah. Well, same. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, we were all too old, I think. But I'm just saying, like, that's the short version, right? Like, who is she? She's iCarly. Right. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Also, so a thing I discovered while doing this episode is that every every episode of iCarly starts with I something. Like, in the same way that I, Carly, is, like, lowercase I and then Carly. That's really good. This was that era. That's really funny. All right. So now that we know who Miranda Cosgrove is and what Beautiful Girls is, uh, any theories as to why this cover may exist, may not exist, may be scrubbed from the internet? Uh, were there, like, iCarly tours or anything? I know this is a thing that, like, kids' shows would do, where they would do, like, arena tours for... Um, I don't think so, but there were there were songs in iCarly, and there was an iCarly soundtrack, and like there yeah. was um, like Miranda Cosgrove did tours, right? Because this seems like the kind of thing that I don't know. Maybe you would cover live, and there was no studio version right. or something, mm-hmm. right? Or the, yeah. yeah, that was a theory I had uh, after reading the email too. My main theory would probably just be that like maybe it's because this song, the hook is sort of regrettable. You know what I mean? Yep. You'll have me suicidal. I think right. You're referring to like the there was like a lot of controversy around like like certain radio stations and stuff wouldn't play it because it was like yeah you'll have me suicidal. It was basically like if the girl the girl's so beautiful that if she doesn't like me I will kill myself. Yeah, or even just being flippant about the concept of suicide. Yeah, it hasn't like the song in general hasn't been scrubbed from the internet and like you know there's like a pretty standard workaround for that where they basically treated it like they would a swear and made like an alternative version. So they changed suicidal right, to like, in denial. You got me in denial, in denial when you say There are like a lot of covers of this song by a bunch of different people. And some of them will say in denial. Some of them will say suicidal. The suicidal version has not been scrubbed. So I, I looked up, like, the official covers, uh, you know, who sampled, uh, does, like, samples and covers and all that. They don't have Miranda Cosgrove listed, but, like, again, this is this is YouTube MySpace era, so there could definitely be also unofficial uh, covers. What is, an, uh, what is an official cover versus an unofficial cover? Like, you could re- release, like, like, the Bayside one would be an official cover where, like, that was released, like, through a label. You would, like, be paying, you know, like... Uh, publishing rights to be using the lyrics to this song versus like on YouTube content ID didn't exist at that point. Like you were just like performing somebody else's song. So people would just do that. So no paper trail to those. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't like it wouldn't exist on an album. 
Okay. So I couldn't find an official one. I couldn't find an unofficial one. I did find uh, the track listing for the first iCarly soundtrack. And so this is a photo of that track listing. Is this a, f- this is a photo of the back of a CD jewel? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, wow, this is low oh. res. Okay. Number eight. Oh, so this is, okay. Number eight is Beautiful Girls Nickelodeon Mix by Sean Kingston. Right. But this is the iCarly. Huh. This is the iCarly official soundtrack released via Nickelodeon, right? So I was like, all right, I solved it. Easy. Done. Except it does list Sean Kingston as the artist. And I was like, well, she obviously remembers Miranda Cosgrove singing the song. But it says Nickelodeon mix. But it says Nickelodeon mix. So maybe they're in it. Or it's like yeah. a duet or something. And then I just looked in Spotify and this is an official soundtrack. So like it's in Spotify. And it's the only thing that I think makes it the Nickelodeon mix is that they say in denial instead of suicidal. But it's Sean <laughs> Kingston all the way. There's no like iCarly references or cast in it. There's nothing. It's just the song, but Nickelodeon friendly. <laughs> so I have an alternative theory. Yeah. As I started looking at like the unofficial covers, uh, you know, there's like the Plain White Tees did one. Uh, Jesse McCartney did one of those ones like that was just live. It never like got released except for like on YouTube and MySpace and like, you know, recordings of it. But there's no mention of a Miranda Cosgrove cover. I went through like her set lists of her, all of her performances because she did do this thing at her live shows where she like, she would do like mashups of her favorite songs on the radio and do a few mm. uh, like 30 second versions of it, but never did this song. And it seems like she wasn't really like touring until like 2010. So at this point, that's a lot later on. And it wouldn't necessarily have been in Haley's memory as associated with iCarly. I don't know. And then I had another little theory because according to Wikipedia, like when the song came out, there was this video service which was called Votigo or Votigo. Do you guys remember this? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Definitely not. Votigo is good though. Yeah, it's basically like fans would submit covers of this song and like the award for the best cover was like a phone call from Sean Kingston. <laughs> But I couldn't find any of these. And, like, the person who won is this person named Mallory Robbins. I tried to find her cover to see if, like, she just sounded like Miranda Cosgrove. Mm -hmm. I did find, like, a YouTube video from a 2008 performance from this group called Super Pop that very much gave me, like, Miranda Cosgrove vibes. but I don't think that that is likely the source of this. And then at this point, looking for YouTube videos with the search term, beautiful girls, and getting like later, deeper, deeper into the pages, you know, I just kept coming into, coming up on videos that I was like, this is not what I'm looking for. It's just porn. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I just started getting a lot of that. And so I was like, (laughs) I'm going to leave this lead. Uh, and I started looking into like iCarly fandom pages just to even figure out like why the sh- the song was on the soundtrack. But there's no trace of the song being on the show, uh, sung by her or not sung by her. There wasn't. There wasn't ever like a movie or anything. No. Mm-hmm. 
But there are Google searches that will give you like beautiful girls by Miranda Cosgrove. Like that will come up as a result. But I think it's more an error of like sometimes the iCarly soundtrack, the metadata is like attributed to Miranda Cosgrove as the artist. So all the songs on the soundtrack will show her as the artist. But here's my theory. There was one cover that was really popular, which I haven't mentioned yet because it's like more of a reply than a cover. Oh. So I'm going to play that. So, uh, you guys heard the beginning of that reply. Uh, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Is that Miranda Cosgrove? It's not Miranda Cosgrove, but it kind of has that vibe, right? It's a feminine voice and a very processed kind of sound. So, this song came out in 2007 as well, and it is by JoJo. JoJo. Huh. Remember JoJo? Yes. JoJo came out with this song in 2007, and at the time, like, you know, there were these, like, teen stars who were kind of being grouped together in these pop star magazines. There's a 2008 video at the Teen Choice Awards, for example, where JoJo, Selena Gomez, and Miranda Cosgrove all, like, present an, a, a series of awards together. There isn't enough time to give out all the awards on the show, but we want to mention a few now. For instance, James Marsden, who we saw earlier, he starred in 27 Dresses, which is your choice chick flick. And so my theory is that the combination of, like, the song being on the iCarly soundtrack, the cover having that, like, teen pop star kind of sound that is also like the Miranda Cosgrove sound and just the internet exploding with covers everywhere kind of all uh, combined to Haley just misremembering mm. this song as being Miranda Cosgrove and not JoJo. Also worth noting that there's a character on iCarly apparently called Jojo the Gigantic Baby. <laughs> Very disturbing looking. I'll send a photo. Great. Have you told our listener about this? So I couldn't talk to both of them at the same time for scheduling reasons, but I did talk to Adam and I ran my theory by him to see what he thought. Like between the song being a part of the soundtrack for iCarly, Miranda Cosgrove doing a lot of covers when she performed and Miranda Cosgrove kind of being grouped in with those teen stars at the time. It kind of all like memory melded. It all melding together really makes a lot of sense. You know, I've heard about stuff like this before where, you know, people have two separate memories that they kind of create into one. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's a reasonable explanation for why she would have been so certain about it because, you know, it's, in her mind, it was true because of two very similar things being true. All right. And then our last side quest. John, you have a story from a listener. Yeah. We got an email from a listener named Nick. And Nick has been searching for a very specific brand of fruit snacks that he remembers from the 90s <laughs> for so, the better part of a decade. This is so on brand for us. Yeah. I called up Nick to talk to him about it. 
for whatever reason, this has been bugging me for years. Um, I asked coworkers, I asked friends, I asked family, like my current job, I think I've asked. And I remember like two or three jobs before that I've asked people about this <laughs> and just either feel like I have no idea what you're talking about or they're like, I kind of remember, but like, other than what you just described, I couldn't tell you anything further. Um, the people that knew what I was talking about being my mother and my brother, they said, yes, I remember, but that was the extent of it. To the best of Nick's recollection, the gummy snacks that we're talking about were shaped like sports equipment. So like one of them was like an inline skate. One of them was a surfboard. One of them was a skateboard. And if anyone like can make a comparison to like Scooby-Doo fruit snacks, that's kind of the texture, flavor, consistency, where there was like a, a white one, a blue one, red, orange, you know, so on and so forth. So everyone here is a 90s kid. Does it, is this ringing a bell with anybody? No. I can imagine it, but I don't have a yeah. strong personal connection. I'm not like, oh, yeah, definitely. Same. I remember that. Yeah. I feel like I have, like, maybe a vague recollection of, like, this type of thing, but... Yeah, I... They were... Ring- yeah, I, I had the same thing. It was like, I know what he's talking about. I remember Scooby-Doo fruit snacks. I don't remember extreme sports fruit snacks. No. I feel like maybe this was a generic store version. Yeah, that was my thought. Because all the heavy hitters have some sort of big brand association, whether it is Scooby-Doo right, like or... Yes, right. Well, or, or yeah, they're the standalone brand in and of themselves, like Gushers. But I'm saying like ones that right. do like shapes are like Mickey Mouse or right. Scooby-Doo or whatever. Yeah. Nick seemed very committed to finding these and he has been looking for them for so long. So I was like, okay, let's take a look. I mean, probably it might even be like close to 10 years I've been trying to find this. <laughs> God. So I really, at the end of the day, what I want is I want to make sure that this actually existed and pretty much see a picture of the box, the packaging, the fruit snacks themselves, something like that. Do you remember anything about the packaging? So I think the packaging had like a silver package and I don't remember much about the box. I don't even remember if that's actually what the packaging was or not, but that's what I could tell you. Do you think you would remember the box if you saw it? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And what did you, what have you done so far to try to find these? So outside of asking people, I Googled until what I feel like at the end of time, uh, tried to look for uh, any type of like 90s food blogs. I went to Ask Reddit, which was not very successful. Um, I, <laughs> I even reached out to Betty Crocker because I putting two and two together, I assumed the formula was very similar to Scooby-Doo and that's who makes the Scooby-Doo fruit snacks. So I emailed them to ask them if they had any recollection or log of any of this. And I actually don't even think I got a response from them. Mm. I've done all of this too. These don't show up with Google. You, you Google surfing fruit snacks, rollerblade fruit snacks. They don't show up. Nothing. Listeners of our show know that I have a history of trying to get information about snack food companies. Mm-hmm. Of course. Have you gotten any better at it? Uh, I might have. So I was absolutely prepared for another situation like my other ones where I email and call a bunch of companies repeatedly and not get any answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one went a little bit differently. And this is from my conversation with Nick. So I did the same thing you did and I reached out to uh, Betty Crocker. But mm-hmm. I reached out to their media uh, contact, okay. not their general. And so I sent that yesterday at 2.46 p.m. 
at 3.02 p.m., I got a response from them that says... No way. Yeah. It says, hi, John. Let me do some research and see what I can find out for you. Mike. Oh, my gosh. Mike at Betty Crocker is by far the most proactive snack food PR person I've ever encountered. And at this point, I've encountered quite a few. Oh, absolutely. Frito-Lay needs to hire Mike. (laughs) I agree with you. The morning after I first reached out, he came back with this email. Hi, John. As always... My archives team came through for me. There's an archives team. These pictures of products from the 90s should answer your question. So head over to Slack. Ooh. There's a photo. (laughs) Wow. So good. The branding is great. I love this. Here's a second photo. Excellent new shape. Oh my God. These are like really clean. Does somebody want to describe these? These are good photos. Like, these are not like the back of the CD jewel case photo that I showed. <laughs> these are like scans of labels. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really, and they have an archives team. I'm going to make this my desktop background. And yeah. the art is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it is fantastic. Those rollerblades look so cool. So we're looking at two different products. Yeah, the, the Tutti Fruity <laughs> Chewy Fruit Snacks surfs up excellent new shape fruit corners. <laughs> made with real fruit fruit snacks it, the branding I would say it's like almost kind of a bubblicious vibe it's like yeah. it's oh, like yeah, very kinda. like plump and you just want to like bite into it <laughs> yeah um, and it's very colorful bright green bright purple and yeah and then they have all these different surfing gummies they have palm tree a surfer a beach ball a is that a motorboat for some reason that's not really surfing but it's there yeah and then the the second one is rollerblade branded fruit snacks by betty crocker so like you said this is like a brand tie-in these are much more 90s yeah the rollerblade is an official brand and this is licensed uh from rollerblade and and these are way more 90s these are like cut out neon shapes in the shapes of rollerblades on the packaging and the, the shapes of the gummies seem to be a helmet, a rollerblade, uh, a roller hockey player, just a regular rollerblader. It's all like, uh, it's kind of what he's, what Nick is describing to me. Um, and the file names of these are uh, surfsup 2 dfruity underscore 1992.jpg. So surfsup was from 92. I need to work for Betty Crocker's archive team. It seems great. And they seem <laughs> yeah. responsive and they have perfect scanners. It's awesome. And the the rollerblade one is uh, labeled rollerblade underscore 1994.jpg. So these are from 92 and 94, respectively. I love that this is an official brand partnership. Rollerblade licensed. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. they didn't have to do that. They could have just called them like <laughs> roller gummies or something and it would have been clear what it is. <laughs> So, uh, was the listener pleased? Well, I, I showed the images to Nick. How's listener satisfaction? Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to text you an image. Okay. So I sent him first the um, the Surf's Up 1992 one. Surf's Up. So see, this I don't think is ringing a bell. Really? Oh, no. Yeah. <gasps> no. So that's from 1992. And then this... Oh, yes. That one's ringing a bell. That's the one. <laughs> Holy sh- Pardon my French, but oh, my gosh. Exactly it. Oh, oh my gosh. And I specifically remember that little tiny, like, uh, illustration icon that's above the rollerblade logo. 
I specifically remember that in my head. So this is the... <sighs> you remember this on Fruit Snacks? I, a hundred percent, this is without a doubt, a hundred percent what I'm, what I remembered. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm looking at this right now. Wow, he's so happy. He's so happy. <laughs> so I went back to Mike, I, like, this is great. I went back to Mike and I asked him, do you have any... Uh, pictures of the pouches because Nick remembered them being foil and he said that they didn't and then two hours later I got another email that was like oops never mind the archive team had it also so check this out in Slack oh my god it's a scan of a package you can even see the little corner (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah the little corner is folded folded. it kind of the corner kind of does make it look like foil Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to tell. I hadn't seen the that. Corner yeah, the corner looks metallic. It foil, on the bottom, yeah. If you zoom in. But the outside is not foil. It's just rollerblade fun snacks, and it looks pretty flat and 2D and colorful. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I thought this was going to be disappointing to Nick, but... No way. No way. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's insane. So they were not foil, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay because, like I said, I think my association might just be connecting the Scooby Doo to these because mm-hmm. of the similar like flavor and consistency. But the packaging is definitely also ringing a bell to me. Yeah. Wow. That's it. Another satisfied question asker. Wow, what a great outcome! I'm gonna immediately call my mother after we're done talking <laughs> and tell her that you found them for me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> believe this wow wow i like can't stop just looking at the box i might like print it out and frame it honestly this is incredible under understood is regina delay adrian jeffries billy disney and me john lago marcino all of today's questions were sent in by listeners like you If you have a question the internet can't answer, we want to hear about it. Email us, hello at underunderstood.com. You can also talk to us on Twitter. We are at underunderstood. And just a reminder that Underunderstood is not the only show that we do. We also do Overunderstood. And that comes out every week, including weeks when Underunderstood is on hiatus. You can find that and a bunch of other stuff on our Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash underunderstood. Thanks for listening. See you next time.